Yeah, it's been a week, guys. It has been a week, but we made it. It's Saturday. We are at Presence. We are praising the Lord, and I am thankful to be here with you guys. Whew. So today, if you've, got your, if you've got your Bible, if you've got the Bible app on your phone, we're going to be in Acts 16. Um, so as you get there, I'm going to pray, um, and then we'll get to Acts 16. If y'all want to sit down, that's cool. So we're going to pray. God, we thank you for, for um, the ability to come in this place and worship and, and praise your name and, and lift your name up. God, I, I pray that no matter what, what situation or, or season we find ourselves in tonight, that, that we would just um, come with, with open hearts and open minds to receive your, your grace and your love. We thank you um, for, for your son, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. All right, so Acts 16, um, uh, it's one of, my, one of my absolute favorite passages of the New Testament, um, and it, it joins in with these two guys named Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas were these early church missionaries. Paul is the reason that we have about two-thirds of the New Testament, and, and they're going from um, Macedonia to uh, Thessalonica. Those are the two places that they're traveling in Acts 16. And so um, when we pick up with them, they're going um, to this place of prayer in the morning. And it says in verse 16, Acts 16, 16, once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money um, for, for her owners by fortune telling. She followed, Paul, she followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. And she kept this up for many days. You see, when I first read this, I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, we've got this little slave girl, and she's advocating for Paul and Silas. What could go wrong? And it's more like what could go right, because this little demon-possessed slave girl that's advocating for the gospel. That's not okay. And so she follows these guys around, and they're just trying to go to the temple to pray every morning, and she's like, guys, everybody, come and look. It's Paul and Silas. They know how to get saved. You need to get saved. I need to get saved. So come and listen to them. And, and that would get really annoying. Do y'all get annoyed? Yes. So do I. Um, and, <laughs> and so when I personally get annoyed, I just like... I get really angry. And kind of that's, I guess Paul's the same way because it says that she kept this up for, for many days and finally Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you out of her. So we could stop right there because that preaches itself. Oh, when Jesus is here, Satan has no room. When we declare the name of Jesus, there's no room for the enemy, and the enemy's going to try and attack you. The enemy's going to prowl around you, but if you declare the name of Jesus, there's no room. And so, as, as they go on, we got to continue, because that's not, that's not my point. That's another sermon for another day. It says, when, when her owners realized that her, their hope of making money was gone, side note, if you're a middle-aged man, if you're two middle-aged men, and your only hope of making money is on a 12-year-old demon-possessed girl that can tell fortunes, you've got a bigger problem. But they realized that, and I guess they were angry, so because they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face authorities. 
say they, they brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept and practice, which is entirely untrue. And so there's people around um, them because they're in the marketplace. It's a hot spot. It's where all of the, the single uh, people of Jerusalem go and hang out in the temple courts or in the marketplace. And so everybody sees this and they join in and there's a, there's a riot that kind of happens around them and everybody's yelling at, at Paul and Silas. And so, so the magistrates, the authorities, they see this and they order them, Paul and Silas, to be stripped and beaten with rods. So it's a great day to be Paul and Silas. Um, they were going to pray and, and, um, then this demon-possessed girl is being annoying, and so Paul's like, get out of there. And he keeps walking, but then these guys take him to the marketplace, and now they're naked and getting hit with sticks. Um, not the ideal situation. And then it says in verse 23, after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. So not only were they stripped of all of their clothes, humiliated in front of the entire shopping center, then they're put on the back of a police donkey and taken into prison where they are shackled like this. And it was, it was like maximum security prison because they, were, they told the, the prison guards to guard them really carefully. So if this is me, like I would have already been through like 35 panic, panic attacks, like an ugly cry, like I'm gone. There is no hope for me. I'm like cursing God because like I was going to pray and now I'm naked and afraid and it's cold and wet and I'm shackled like this, which is just bad. And like there's mildew growing where mildew should never grow. And like, do we have a picture yet? Yeah, that wasn't in my notes, but we said it anyways, because that's what we do here at Presence Ministries. And so that's why it shocks me what they did next, because I find the slightest things completely take me out. The other day we were going to Chattanooga and I was I was clipping my fingernails because you gotta look good for Chattanooga. And and I cut one like into the little whatever that part is in the middle of your fingernail and like I was done. Like I wasn't talking to anybody for the rest of the day. Kyle was like, Tell how are you? And I was like, we ain't talking. I hang nail. And so they're looking at each other and and they're they're fastened in in the prison and and I don't know who said it. I would love to go and get like the Bible Netflix and see who says this. I'm going to assume it was Paul because Paul seems like that over-spiritual friend that's just kind of annoying all the time. Um, that like you eat before praying. He's like, you're going to choke to death because the Lord did not bless this food. I'm like, the Lord pre-blessed my food. Thank you. And so, so they're hanging like this and Paul's like, hey, Silas. And Silas is like, what, Paul? And Paul's like, you want to pray? And, and I'd be like, no, no, not, not necessarily. Um, we're in prison and we don't have clothes and it's cold and I'm, I'm hurting because I got beaten with a stick and I, I really don't feel like uplifting the name of God right now. And, and Paul, he looks at him, he's like, no, we're going to pray. So Silas finally comes around to the idea. This is all of me paraphrasing, by the way. Um, this isn't in the, in the text. It might be in the message version. And so, and so they start praying and like, I can only imagine that this was like a 45 plus minute prayer because like it's Paul and he's awesome. And he's like the most godly person that like I've ever heard of besides Jesus. And, 
like I, I can kind of relate to that because a few years ago in Guatemala, we, we went and did these prayer groups and, and a few friends of mine created their own little group. Thanks for the invite, by the way. Um, but they created this own little group and like they went on for two hours. Like it, it was um, my friend Connor and, and Allison and they were they were in Guatemala and like Connor came back to our room at like midnight and we had, we had set off to do the knee to knee prayer at like 9.30 and I was like, bro, did you die? And he was like, no, nah, we just prayed for every hair on every little Guatemalan child in the, in, in the whatever Guatemala, it's a country. So at about, at about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, but they didn't stop there. Because after they prayed, Paul, Paul looked at him, he was like, okay, we prayed, now let's sing oceans. And, and Silas was probably like, bro, come on. Like, can, can we do like reckless love or something? Like, if we're gonna do something like not oceans, that song went out in 2012. And so he's like, no, we're singing oceans. He's like, spirit. And so they start singing. And at about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and all of the prisoners were listening to them. It's a crazy sight, they're in prison and they're praising God. And see, I feel like they, they were in a, in a real legitimate prison, but I, I think that, that you and I find ourselves sometimes in, in uh, spiritual prisons. We find ourselves trapped Maybe, maybe we, we only see darkness around us. Maybe we're in a situation or a season. Our sin has captivity over our lives so much so that we can only see darkness around us. And we, we might have lost hope. We might think that, that there's no hope anymore, that there's no light at the end of the tunnel. But I'm here to tell you that there is light at the end of the tunnel and his name is Jesus Christ. So maybe, maybe tonight you're saying to yourself, that's me. I want to encourage you to, to lift your perspective from the prison around you to the one who's bringing you through it. You see, maybe you've hit rock bottom. Maybe, maybe you've been saying for so long that, that you're just going to give up, that, that it's not worth it anymore, that getting out of bed is just too hard, that going on about your day-to-day -day life is just too hard. Maybe the enemy has tried to take you out. Maybe the enemy has tried to take over your mind. Maybe sin has a hold over your life that you feel like you can't get rid of. Maybe God has you at rock bottom to realize that he is the rock at the bottom, that he's the only thing that is strong enough, that is sturdy enough to build your life on. You see, Paul and Silas were in a prison, but they lifted their perspective and they praised God anyways. In verse 26, right after this, it says, suddenly, suddenly, turn to your neighbor and say suddenly. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken and all at once, all of the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. You see, when we shift our perspectives, chains fall. When, we, when we're in the prison and we praise anyways, chains fall. You see, God wants to lead you, just like God wanted to lead Paul and Silas. They had a mission. God had called them, and God's called you. And so don't let the enemy take you out. Maybe you're in the prison. Praise anyways. Maybe you're at rock bottom. Realize that God has you at rock bottom for a reason. Build there. Go forwards. Everybody's chains came loose. So as we, as we praise, could y'all stand? I'm gonna, I'm gonna close and, and we're gonna come back and we're gonna sing some songs and, 
It's going to be a great night. God's going to move. I can feel him moving any, or already. 